Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments, and I look at the right. law, and I decide. Well, yeah, there's a dispute on the definition of women, all right, between sane people and crazy people. Uh, Senator, it's a human female. What well, next question? So you had the best follow-up question, because that she, she, I think she was on solid ground saying, you know, not my job to define these things. Uh, the definitions come to us in the law, and then I apply it, and blah, blah, blah. But your follow-up question would have been, there's no dodging that. Uh, Justice uh, or judge, are you a woman? And when she says yes, say, how do you know? You don't know what a woman is. You don't know how to be to find one, but you're sure you're one. Okay. I, I do, by the way. Maybe I should be on the Supreme Court. I can I I know the definition of a woman, and I know them when I see them. So, what do you go with, JJ or what's your definition? Uh, a, a female, a human female, an adult human female, as determined by who, when? A uh, person with two X chromosomes. But that's not how they figure it out when you're having a baby. They look at the uh, the genitals there in the picture, and they tell you you're having a boy or you're having a girl. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't like do. Uh, a genome sequencing, figure out that the the, the that. Why not? Because they don't need to. Well, yeah, I know. I'm fine with it. I'm yeah. not arguing against it. It's just oh, I know. When yeah. it comes to the definition for like everybody listening, it was determined for your parents and for your children by a doctor when they looked at the genitals. Yeah. Well, uh, she certainly. And look, it was a pretty effective dodge because she doesn't want to offend uh, her constituency on the left. It was a very lawyerly answer, which you'd expect from a very lawyerly lawyer. But uh, you could so easily say uh, it's it's a a female adult human female. And if somebody wanted to to, to pursue it, you'd say, yeah, generally speaking, uh, someone with uh, the reproductive organs of uh, a female. Um, and there are some cases of gender dysphoria and that sort of thing that complicate the picture slightly, but um, you know, not not significantly enough. It actually was it actually was a terrible lawyerly answer in that lawyers look at every word with great importance. And she said, "I'm not a biologist," mm-hmm. and that is not what the left is claiming. I shouldn't say the left because that encompasses, uh, you know. Uh, half the country and half the country is not on board with this. Um, the, uh, the, 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 I don't know. The trans activist community says it's not biology's got nothing to do with it. It's your, it's your view of yourself. That's not mm-hmm. a biology thing. Right. Which is a view so insane. It's a wonder anybody could hold it, but there's a chunk of the population that does. So I have a feeling that if she were a, a conservative who had used the term biologist, she'd be getting attacked by the trans community. Biology has nothing to do with it, you hater. Although I'm reminded, though, of the story about Leah Thomas, where there were some counter protesters, whatever that means there, some, uh, you know, LGBTQ, BBQ, plus two, whatever activists there. And and uh, uh, one of the uh, the parents of one of the biological woman swimmers said, that's not a woman. And the protester said, how do you know you're not a biologist? 
Yeah, so evidently got, that does come up, and, and I like to retort, uh, I'm not a veterinarian, but I know what a dog is. Well, they, they need to work on their rhetoric then, because a biologist would determine that that is a woman or that is a man, and you, you ain't going to like all the answers. Right. Oh, yeah, with 100% certainty. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I thought was interesting yesterday, and uh, this is all um, uh, motion that will lead to the same spot. She's going to be confirmed. She's going to be on the Supreme Court because that's Mm -hmm. the way the whole thing works. Uh, Who gets elected president gets to choose who's on the Supreme Court. And the vast majority of the time, with few exceptions, that person gets through. Um, I liked Lindsey Graham asking her about being a Christian. You know, how important is your faith to you? How Christian-y are you? You know, all that sort of stuff. And people wondered, what is this all about? His point was, white candidates who are Christians, everybody goes crazy about, are they going to answer to the, the church is going to tell them what to do, or God tells them what to do? Do you believe God tells you what to do? And all kinds of weird questions they ask white Christians that they never ask black people who are Christian. You get to be Christian and black Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't be Christian and white or you're a nut job. That has been true for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of a black privilege thing. It's yeah. just a pop culture thing. Yeah, we talked about this a little earlier, and uh, my opinion is there's this condescension among, uh, especially like white um, you know, liberals, that... They fetishize black people, meaning they they like hold they they want so badly to prove that they're enlightened. They like treat black people differently than white people in fundamental ways like you're describing. You dare not question a black person's faith because that would be insulting and racist and the rest of it um, in the way that you would a, a white person. And it's just it's weird and condescending in a way. It's like. Well, they're black, so it's okay. It doesn't really matter. I, I don't even know if they could even articulate why they have those two attitudes, but it's insulting. It's certainly insulting to somebody. Some famous gospel singer uh, died over the weekend. I don't know her name. And I actually wanted to seek out some of her work. I was uh, look, looking at some video clips yesterday. And if somebody can come up with that, that'd be cool. But um, um, uh, I saw some clips of it on the news yesterday, and she's she's well-known, and she traveled to churches around America, and she'd sing, and, and there was, you know, your, your typical black gospel choir, and she's up there bellowing it out, and it's all about, you know, the Lord and praise Jesus and my Savior and all this sort of stuff. You have the same exact words, but it's white Christians with a different tempo, and they're seen as weirdos. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're certainly looked at as, as stupid simpletons, probably from Texas. You know, that sort of attitude. Probably voted for Trump, probably almost certainly racist and dumb, just dumb people. Right. Yeah, and I'd that, say that's pretty I, accurate. And I've, I've always been bothered by that. And I'm not for, I'm for treating them all with, you know, isn't that cool? Look at their music. Isn't that nice that they believe that as opposed to, you know, one side is weirdos. One side isn't awesome. Yeah. Drives yeah. me nuts. Yes, Michael. Uh, the singer was LaShawn Pace. Yes, yes. Uh, I was going to dig up some of her videos. Really, really cool stuff. Man, I love that gospel music, yeah. too. That is so good. So uh, just uh, one qu- more quick, a uh, couple of quick notes on uh, KBJ, as they're calling her. Um, uh, KBJ, one, so that's what we're going to go with for, uh, uh, yeah. for the rest of my life? That's cool. I like I that. I guess. Sure, why not? Um, RBG, KBJ. Okay, sure. Why not? JFK. 
BLT. Um, so uh, a couple of things. Number one, a, a deal was made by, was it Ted Cruz or a couple of different people? She does seem to have a history of sentencing uh, uh, like child porn offenders to lighter sentences than the guidelines. That's a little weird. She swears up and down. She just considered the particulars of the case and came to the conclusion that she thought was fair and just. And she's a parent and she hates you know, offenses against children. I, I would have to look into the cases, honestly, to have a strong opinion on it. That seems a little odd, her consistency, but she's, you know, it's just not going to be a significant enough holdup. The, the black church-going community is not known for being soft on child molesters. No. No, indeed. Uh, another point. Uh, she's obviously an incredibly bright, accomplished woman, and uh, we're trading one liberal for another. It's the way it goes, and I disagree with her on a lot of things, but uh, she's super cool under pressure, and I, you know, I have a feeling she'll do a pretty good job. Some of her answers I thought were really, really good. She's clearly and, very smart. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And uh, let's see, what was the one answer that I but liked? The, oh, about the critical race theory. But the way she's treated in the media compared to Amy Coney Barrett oh, yeah. drives me crazy. I mean, oh, nobody yeah. ever criticizes a, a, a black woman or a black family for how many kids you have. Oh, you're Christian. You have a lot of kids. That's weird. Why so many children? And are you are you teaching them this Jesus stuff at home? And you know that that right. never applies to the black community, and it shouldn't. But it shouldn't apply to the white community either. Well, and, and whether it's you know that or the, the some of the transgender madness, and and I'm talking about you know competing in sports and that. I don't care if you're transgender. I hope you have a long and happy life. I wish you nothing but 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 joy. Um, but some of the crazy critical theory stuff that's going around. That's not an actual attitude among a lot of people. It's a weapon. It's a weapon to get you to shut up, to get you to comply. They don't believe half of this stuff. Um, and so, yeah, they attack Amy Coney Barrett with it, but then they let this woman off the hook for a similar lifestyle, which I think is wonderful, by the way. Um, uh, I, I have one more incredibly controversial point to make, but Uh-oh. first, I, 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 liked, I liked this answer to Ted Cruz asking her about critical race theory in 23. If you look at the Georgetown Day Schools curriculum, it is filled and overflowing with critical race theory. They include a book called Anti-Racist Baby. Do do you agree with this book that is being taught with kids that that babies are racist? Senator, I do not believe that any child should be made to feel as though they are racist, that they are victims, that they are oppressors. Senator, I have not reviewed any of those books, any of those ideas. They don't come up in my work as a judge. Now, that the main part of it where she was addressing the idea that you're teaching kids. Now, those little white kids, they were brought up to think they're better than you and to oppress you. Their parents built a system and they're building it too to oppress you. She rejected that sort of thinking, which I appreciate. Uh, it could have been me saying it, or James Lindsay, or whatever. Um, so that was good. Here's the incredibly controversial part. Uh-oh. And again, I, I think she's like, uh, everybody says she's a really good judge in virtually every way, except maybe the child sex thing, which I find odd and troubling. But, um, and she's, uh, you know, very well educated, brilliant, the rest of it, blah, blah, blah. Biden, among others, making the argument over and over again that we need a court that looks more like America. In fact, uh, Lindsey Graham said, if that's the point, that I'm down with that. I think that's a pretty good idea, honestly. I would suggest a couple of things. Number one, uh, quit going to Harvard and Yale for your Supreme Court justices. Well, two, you need fatter justices. <laughs> if you want the Supreme Court to look like America, we need way fatter justices. <laughs> 
That is not the point I was going to make. Um, but yeah, of the eight justices currently on the court, four from Harvard, four from Yale. That's ridiculous. What? No Stanford, no yeah. UCLA, no University of Chicago, none of them. There's not a single law school in America that is capable of turning out a Supreme Court justice but Harvard and Yale. That's disgusting. It's elitist. I hate it. Here's the controversial thing. If you want the court to look like America, you would have one black justice. Because black folks are almost precisely one-ninth of Americans. Correct. Going back to that poll that people thought like... 50% 50% of people are black in America and then 75% are gay or whatever those numbers were. And so now we're going to have double the representation. Now, I don't care. I think Clarence Thomas is a brilliant conservative. And this woman is a brilliant liberal. So I don't care. I don't care what color they are. But if that's your argument, right, sure. we got to start having quotas. Yeah, if, it's, if you're, the Supreme Court is going to look like America, you need at least two hardcore NASCAR fans on there. Right. And and with all due respect to some of the great Jewish justices, we would not have a Jewish justice. No, no. As a percentage, no. Rarely would you have a Jewish justice. Oh, yeah, because what is it, like 2% of the population is uh, Jewish or maybe 3? It's something like that. It's low single digits. Uh, but again, you'd have to be a bigot to care about that stuff. Got to be a lot thicker to look like America. Now that's a good point. Thick. I want a justice <laughs> that's thick with two C's. <laughs> Ian Bremer said something danged interesting about uh, the war in Ukraine. Oh, a major defection from Putin. If you haven't heard this, stay here. Armstrong and Getty. I'm a workaholic. I'm here at, on an average day, 3.30 in the morning, Monday through Friday. I'm usually the last one out about 6 o'clock at night. My head works best in the morning. I love to write then and work on music. And then about 7 a.m., my buddy comes in. We play some pickleball, you know, do a little cardio. You know, my engineer gets here about 9.30. We record all day. Grandpa gets his little nap in the afternoon. And Groundhog Day, do it again, Monday through Friday. Then Friday afternoon, things are feeling good. I'm going to crack a beer in the afternoon, have a big time Friday and Saturday, relax on Sunday, get back to it. That's Kid Rock, uh, one of the co-stars of the movie Joe Dirt, um, talking about his uh, lifestyle, which is uh, surprisingly nine to five-ish work schedule-ish. Hardest working man show business. I'm always interested in uh, in hearing that out of people who, um, you know, because their output is uh, much less than you might think for that work schedule. But I guess there's a whole bunch of stuff that never makes it or yeah yeah it's uh, you know it's your unreleased tracks and that sort of thing plus the record business is so different now uh, i'm not exactly i don't i have no idea how much he puts out but it's funny how at odds that is with the the party image it's like uh, uh he's a modern day grittier jimmy buffett you know lazy beach party and bare feet yeah, come on yeah. we're drunk everybody the guy works like 80 hours a week and he's a business genius yeah i heard jerry seinfeld mention in the other day on a video where he's talking about he said i get home from work every day about six and my kids always want i thought you get home from work every day what are you doing all day long till six what does he do i don't know i, don't know. I, I guess don't he's know. working on comedians cards with coffee or stand-up stuff or whatever but yeah these people have jobs just like you do um, Ian Bremer tweeted out a couple of things that were interesting. One, this could be huge. 
Putin's climate envoy publicly resigned and left Russia in opposition to the war in Ukraine. As Ian tweeted, it's the highest level official in Putin's government to do so so far, hopefully a sign of many more to come. Is that, you know, uh, does everybody look around and see how that gets treated and then keep their mouths shut? Or is that the first of a, of a flood that all of a sudden are going to abandon Putin? That could be a huge moment for the world, but we'll see. Given the circumstances, you've got to believe more will follow. You'd hope. And uh, I thought this was an interesting comment from Ian Bremmer. America's interest is for war- America's interest is for the war to be over as soon as possible. Europe's interest is for the war to be over as soon as possible. China's interest is for the war to be over as soon as possible. Russia's interest is for the war to be over as soon as possible. But Putin doesn't seem to realize that yet. Wow, which makes you think anything is on the table. Anything and everything, including, you know, the unthinkable. Back to the is he rational conversation or sane or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. One man makes that decision. It As it was pointed out there, it's in nobody's interest for this to continue, including Putin's. Other than arms dealers. But, uh, yeah, yeah, wow, wow. He is truly... Deeply in a corner. Has this ever happened in, in the history? I can't even think of a historical parallel like this. Well, and I hate to go here, but really just Hitler. At the very end. Yeah, yeah. And that didn't end well. For him, anyway. He got married, though, right? But, you know, maybe Putin will throw in a little quickie wedding. Well, maybe. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The President of the United States is aboard Air Force One watching reruns of Matlock as he heads toward Europe for <laughs> for the most consequential... <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah, that was a completely... Show up at the international pressure. That was a completely unnecessary... He's old shot about an important story as he heads toward the most consequential NATO meeting in, in practically in NATO's history, maybe in NATO's history, as Joe believes they're going to get together and talk about what their red lines are. Since everybody's discussing, will they will Putin new, use tactical nukes? Will he use chemical weapons? Most people think he will or is likely to. And oh, what, yeah. what, how do we react? Man, if they have those conversations, holy cow. Well, I guarantee they are, because the alternative is after something happens, running around saying, what do we do? What do we do? And if they're not anticipating, you know, the, the various eventualities, what are they doing? Here's my tease for later this segment. You probably heard the story that Detroit is the number one pizza city in America. You were misled. Stay tuned. I rolled my eyes when I heard it. Well, you should former Chicagoan. Yeah. Uh, speaking of travel, though, I, I'm, I'm so intrigued by this. I remember discussing uh, months ago, months and months ago, that when COVID hits Africa good and hard, given the state of medical care and uh, vaccination rates and the rest of it in Africa, many, many millions of people are going to die. And South Africa got hit pretty hard. But other than that, it's like hardly left a mark. And nobody knows why. And they go through all these uh, all these countries, Sierra Leone. Tigers. Tigers are a natural deterrent to COVID. I'll bet that's it. 
Aren't tigers mostly in India? I'm not sure. You know much about okay, this. Okay, giraffes. <laughs> but so it, there's a fairly low rate of infections, all that. That's hard to know because of the testing. But a very low rate of hospitalizations and deaths compared to the uh, uh, to the developed world in West and Central Africa. And nobody's quite sure what's going on. Uh, has there just been not enough counting of the dead and the sick? Has it done less damage and why? And the best guesses are, well, you got a pretty young population. You got a pretty thin population, and you got a population that spends a hell of a lot of time outdoors. Although they throw some stats around that make me believe that um, where is the one um, that quite a few people have had the vid? Um, yeah, okay. Uh, da, da, da. Studies that tested blood samples for antibodies uh, the, uh, da, 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 showed that about two thirds of the population in most sub-Saharan countries did indeed have those antibodies. Since only about fourteen percent of the population has received any kind of COVID vaccination, the antibodies are overwhelmingly from infection. Yet they've had extremely low death rates. Um, young, thin—that's got to be it. I'm not sure you know very much about this. Is a phrase you could apply to many things I discuss. <laughs> But the the answer is clear. They're not old and fat like the rest of the world. And there's some thought that they've been exposed to other diseases that are similar enough that maybe they have some uh, resistance to them. But, you know, the scientists will be studying this for a long time. Oh, the other uh, COVID-related thing is that uh, which of the uh, companies is it? I'm scanning, I'm scanning, I'm scanning. Oh, Moderna is training its mRNA technique on the common cold. And the viruses that cause that. We might soon have a vaccine against the common cold. Giraffes are a natural prophylactic. Their heads are up high. It gets in the way of the droplets. It's just it's math. It's science, really. It's a theory worth exploring, certainly. Um, Got a guy who was stuck in an underground storm pipe for two days. Maybe we'll get to that story coming up. I do enjoy a good stuck-in-a-pipe story. I really have a point to this Detroit pizza story in that... You should put more thoughts into PR for whatever your business is, because if you can get something out there and it catches on, you can you can you can get gazillions of dollars worth of advertisement for free. Mm-hmm. And this story flew around yesterday. I don't know how many times I heard me. Detroit is now the number one pizza city in America. What Detroit? No way. What do I always say? This is my thing when it comes to studies. I always say this. What are the criteria? I always want to know what the criteria is for when you rank things mm-hmm. all the time. Nobody ever mentions it. But if best city to live in includes the criteria of how many recycling plants they have nearby, well, then it's a stupid freaking list. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But if nobody tells you what the criteria is, you don't know. The, the right. criteria for this one was has the most independent pizzerias per capita. Yeah, that doesn't mean their pizza's great. It means they have more independent pizza places. <laughs> yeah, which which is cool. That's, That's a good a, it's, thing. It's interesting in its own way. But, but it does per mean... capita, there's probably a, a little town in Maine that has one independent place, and per capita, that's enormous. Who cares? Right, and it doesn't mean your pizza's great. Right. <laughs> so, so It might be yes. Yeah, so my only point was always, always look at what the criteria was whenever you, is whenever you see a list Ranking any top colleges look at the criteria. Sometimes it is ranked on diversity. Well, is that what you care about? If it is, great. But if it's not, then what do you care about their ranking? Mm. For instance, 
Yeah. Um, you, you know, it's funny. I've been uh, I've had people try to pull me into the whole pizza discussion as a guy who grew up in Chicago. I'm, I'm, I'm about to, whether you like it or not. But anyway, go ahead. Well, and, I, and I'm a pizza freak. I love pizza so much. I can't even tell you. Um, I'm, I'm powerless against it and don't care. Uh, but I just I, I really love Chicago style pizza, thick and thin. And yes, there is thin Chicago style pizza and it's fantastic. I really like New York style pizza. I really like uh, like some of the creative uh, pizzas that are popular in California. Or I remember in Charlotte uh, when we lived there ages and ages ago, there was a great pizzeria that had all sorts of weird, creative garlic shrimp pizzas and stuff like that. I love it all. I'm fine. I'm, I don't care. You like this one better? Okay, go ahead. I don't care. So you tell me, as a guy who grew up in Chicago, yeah, running around all day long yesterday, busy, 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 busy day. I got. I, I think I have an overscheduling problem, or I schedule things too close together. Maybe. I need to look at that. But anyway, long day, running around, hungry, downtown big city. Mm. I'm going to get a pizza by the slice. Yeah. I do a little, where's the closest pizza by the slice? Oh, look, there's one right over there. I'll walk over there. I go in. I order a slice of pepperoni pizza. How long should it take to get a slice of pizza? In my mind, pizza by the slice means you just basically hand it to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, unless they, 15 they minutes. say, oh, we're out of out of pepperoni. We gotta, we're got we making one right now. 15 minutes. Well, then tell me that, and then I'm leaving or ordering a different slice. Oh, at a, you by the slice in, place? Yeah, 100%. You walked in to get a slice of pizza because you want it handed to you. After 15 minutes, I took the little number thing back up there and gave it to him and said, you, you can hand my slice to someone else. And I left. Yeah. 15 minutes for pizza by the slice? No, that's Okay, that's, so I didn't overreact. Not... I was wondering if I overreacted. I thought, pizza by the slice. I thought, pizza by the slice is like a New York thing. There ain't no New Yorker's going to wait more than 40 seconds for you to hand him a slice. What the well, hell? I don't know if you overreacted. Did you take a handful of those uh, red pepper flakes and throw them in their eyes or something like that? Or did you just say thanks but no and walk out? If anything, you underreacted. I thought I already told the story. So I walked up there well, with yeah. the number and I handed it to him and I said, you can give my slice to somebody else. Oh, but did you no. overreact by leaving? No, not at all. It was very gentlemanly. I mean, very I gentlemanly. always throw the red pepper in people's eyes, but that's just like part of my, it's like <laughs> throw salt over your shoulder for good luck. Right. It's your act. It's your thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, oh, Jack, no, you're absolutely the guy, right. the guy who throws red pepper in everybody's eyes. Yeah, he was in here the other day. <laughs> no, but it's like if you you go up to a hot dog vendor in New York or something, and you say, "Yeah, I'll take the uh, I'll take the Coney dog with the mustard, please," and he says, "Yeah, that'll be about twenty minutes." You're no. Like, dude, you're unclear on the concept that you don't understand why I'm here. Hot, exactly, <laughs> hot dog stand, pizza by the slice. You basically need to hand it to me, right? Right then, we've got a thirty-five minute wait. Will that be all right? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> No, that's not why you're there. That's not what you do. You know, it was interesting, though. They were doing a trivia night, which is how mm. Joe and I met. It's our uh, eHarmony story. <laughs> I was at a bar, shock, and Joe was the host of trivia night at that bar. That's right. That's right. Cracking wise, making funny, funny jokes, <laughs> drinking the free beer. Oh, yeah. That's and I why thought, I was there. <laughs> and I thought, that guy is really funny. Oh, that's very kind of you. Thank and I you. never said that about other radio people. <laughs> I never thought that because it was true. They weren't. But, uh, yeah. So oh, they were doing you. trivia night, and this person was not near as entertaining as you at doing the trivia oh, night. Oh, well, that's a shame. And I didn't get the pizza, so it was very disappointing. Wow. Oh, I'll tell wow. you what. I mean, there was, there, was a tug, there was a tug of war going on in my brain and my gut because I'd already committed my mouth to the taste of that slice of pizza. Oh, and boy. I paid for it. But, um... It's just, yeah. Oh, hey, Michael, you're really going to enjoy this, okay? This is going to be so awful and so unfair, but I know you'll enjoy this, so I'm doing this for you. Jacko, 
alert the Ukrainians to your suffering. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was good. That was devastating. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was devastating. <laughs> that was just... That was beneath me, and very little is. I... D- <laughs> I had a, a guy bring that up to me yesterday in real life about oh, yeah. uh, some woes that I have and said, well, you don't live in Ukraine. And that is, everybody should think that every day in America. Oh, yeah, which, which is not to say, not to get too touchy-feely, but uh, you should recognize your stress and suffering because it's real for you. Yeah, per, but perspective. Right, right. A balance of the two. There you go. There's, there's a great passage in uh, Jeff Tweedy's uh, biography, he's, or autobiography. He's the leader of a band called Wilco. Um, and a really interesting guy. He's dealt with uh, all sorts of addiction problems and that sort of thing. Um, and that's what a lot of the book is about. But he, he talks about this one. He was in rehab in Chicago. He had a hell of a pill addiction that he relapsed a couple of times. Um, oh, I need to tell you why drug addicts are le- losing their fingers and toes. Whew. So uh, stay tuned. Um, anyway, uh, but he's he's in one of those uh, an AA style meeting uh, talking about uh, experiences and struggles and that sort of thing. And at one point he says, because uh, he's heard the stories the other people have, and this is like an inner city tough neighborhood rehab thing. And at one point he says, I I, I feel weird even telling my stories because I haven't I haven't you know suffered like you people. I haven't endured anything like you have. And uh, and one of the guys in the group actually grabbed him by the shirt and yelled at him about don't deny your st- suffering and your anxiety and your pain. Your pain is real. Don't you compare your pain to mine and don't compare mine to yours. Be honest with yourself about your pain. I thought, wow, that's a really interesting perspective. At the same time, you don't want to whine about little stuff when, you know, it's little stuff. There you go. But if you're a drug addict and you want to be dead, that's not little stuff. No, indeed. No, indeed. Um, uh, and then the guy grabbed Jeff Tweedy by the shirt and threw hot peppers in his eyes. Yeah, which is my <laughs> which thing. Is, Did I mention that? <laughs> um, we will finish strong next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Zelensky is addressing the NATO summit today. He will ask for more everything. They'll make a strong statement uh, of some sort, I expect, and we'll talk about that tomorrow. Yeah, they're talking about sanctioning like the lower house of parliament or uh, the Duma or whatever it is in Russia. But uh, again, more tomorrow. So uh, speaking of drugs and drug abuse, as we were briefly last segment, as if the whole fentanyl thing wasn't scary enough, if you do any sort of hard drugs, all the cartels now are using fentanyl to to stretch you know, more uh, more expensive drugs to get more drugs out of their production facilities. Plus, if you if you get hooked on the fentanyl, you're a customer for life. It's probably going to be a short life, but you're hooked now. So it's insidious. Whether you're talking Coke or heroin or whatever, there's probably going to be fentanyl. In. And it's crazy addictive? Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so as if that didn't take... Uh, most of the fun out of hard drug use, you have this xylazine, <laughs> um, also known as a trank or trank dope, that's infiltrated a lot of the illicit uh, opioid supplies in the country, in some cities in particular. But so now you think you're getting oxy whatever. It's knockoff. It's got fentanyl in it. And now it has this stuff in it, too. And the point of this... Um, this come, over article. To, come over to my house tonight. I got some trank. Oh, you got some trank? Oh, yeah. Ugh. 
Anyway, this stuff causes sores and lesions on your fingers and toes especially, and people are getting their fingers and toes amputated right and left. This is the worst party I've ever been to. Well, yeah, and it's not like they're jabbing themselves or shooting up in their fingers or toes or anything like that. That just happens to be where these abscesses start from this drug. So you got people just ugh, you know, missing three, four fingers and toes now. God, that's incredible. Your, so gross. Your best case drug addiction is not pleasant. Um, reading the, um, listening to the Miles Davis autobiography, Jeez, half of his book is about him being a heroin addict and living in a hotel with the various whores that he was running as a pimp. Yeah, Miles Davis was a pimp in cheap hotels. Wow. Didn't own a horn. Um, Shooting into his legs because all of his other veins had collapsed. That's before fentanyl came along. So, you know, the the whole picture is not good. Yeah, yeah, and it, what's more is this stuff is, uh, like opioids, it can cause respiratory depression, meaning you, you slow down and eventually stop breathing. But unlike opioids, you can't reverse it with the uh, naloxone uh, or the Narcan or whatever that's called. So anyway, oh, man, the story's so gross. I'm glad you can't see these pictures, although it's at armstrongandgetty.com. Um, but, yeah, one more reason, just please, God, get off the hard drugs while you're still alive, if you can. Or, We're rooting for you. There are a lot of great success stories. We'd love to see you be the next one. Or don't ever think it's okay to dabble. Oh, no, no, no. Stay away. So, apparently, uh, Lindsey Graham and uh, Ms. Brown got into it again over something. So, maybe we'll have... Any more highlights from the confirmation hearings tomorrow? She is going to get confirmed, unless they find somebody abducted in her trunk or something. I mean, she's she's going to get confirmed, and she'll be on the, the Supreme Court. Well, unless she's driving the car, she can claim somebody stole her car and abducted somebody and threw them in the trunk. And it's swapping a lib for a lib, so it doesn't change the balance, really. No, and she seems poised and, and brilliant and a liberal, so, yeah. It's time for... The true international orbit of pressure. I, it, I, it's it's time for phlegmatic health care. Uh, it's time for final thoughts with hamstring spaghetti. Come on. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's not bad. Here's your host for final thoughts, Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew. There he is, Michelangelo, our technical director. Michael, final thought? Yeah, the big thing today was I learned earlier in the show that recycling was a scam. It's been a big scam all these years, so I got some paint, some tires, and I got an old TV. I'm just going to set them out in my yard and light them on fire. I wish I didn't have to pay for the dang recycling bin that they make you have. I was going to say, you you don't set your tires on fire. I do. Uh, (laughs) Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? You know, I've been walking my new dog every day, and I'm starting to notice the change in my life. I'm breathing easier. I feel better. Although, the kids coming up and petting my dog, I just want to get home, guys. It's starting to get hot. Like, eh, he's cute. I get it. Yep, yep. Jack, do you have a final thought for us? I just saw the average price of a gallon of self-serve regular gasoline in San Diego County is now at 5.968. It's just a tick under six bucks. Wow. For the self-serve regular gasoline. Yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see. My final thought, I was looking for a good Winston Churchill quote. 
been using him for the freedom-loving quotes of the day at the uh, beginning of the show. Maybe I'll go with this one. History will be kind to me, for I intend to write it. Yeah. <laughs> and he did. Yeah, yeah. I love history. I'm a fan. I'm fascinated by it. It's worth studying. But you do have to occasionally contemplate the fact that, you know, if you asked that guy instead of the guy writing the book what happened, you'd probably get a different story. Uh, you absolutely do. You absolutely do. There is such thing as a point of view on all of these issues. Yeah, and history is written by the victors, as they say, almost exclusively. How will this emergency NATO summit go today? Will they be drawing any red lines? I don't know. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people will thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have a bunch of good hot links for you. You can pick up some A&G swag. Uh, email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. And most important, perhaps, if you ever miss a chunk of the show, you can get it via podcast later on at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to get podcasts. Fantastic. We will see you tomorrow. God bless Ukraine. God bless America. Armstrong and Getty. I'm really good with cats. Big cats, that is. I'm not a cat. That's why we're here today. I expected more. Their behavior has been nothing short of uh, thuggish. You're locking up my toothpaste. Let's not go through this again. This whole thing ain't working. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Mm-hmm. 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 Thank you. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.